0: This is Corkscrew Convo's Another Theme Park Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And we're here today to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, 100, and everything else under the sun and its time. But first, let's get this disclaimer out of the way.
1: The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals.
0: DJ, it's been a hundred and I know we've had to wait for this episode a little bit. I think that's because we wanted to make it special. We wanted to make it right. And, and to make sure that this 100th episode of Corkscrew Convos was one to remember.
1: It's, it's a century celebration. Um, it is a momentous occasion on this podcast that now has 100 episodes, uh, Out there, out in the digital landscape, out on your favorite podcast outlet, we have a hundred episodes and it's very crazy. Would we encourage you to watch or listen to episode one? Perhaps not. Perhaps not. Maybe you should pick it up at episode 30, episode 35, episode
0: 40 you got to be very careful, DJ. When you tell the listeners not to, they take that as incentive to do exactly the opposite. That's what we've seen with the last 10 or so episodes. We've said, please do not listen to the earlier episodes. And yet they've done it just to spite us or maybe because they don't like us. And it hurts a little bit, but again... A listen is a listen, a play is a play in the statistics, so I can't be that mad. But DJ, I remember when we celebrated our 10th episode of Corkscrew Convos. We even titled it different. This, I think it was the Corkscrew Convos 10th Episode Extravaganza, and we've beat that <laughs> by a factor of 10 now, which is just kind of amazing to think about. We first recorded on October 1st, 2020. And here we are at the end of April in 2023. A lot has changed. A lot has stayed the same. Things have developed and changed and grown. I like to think that we've done the same as well. Uh, But here we are 100 episodes later, and we're still doing it. We're still talking about roller coasters and sometimes barbecue or even espresso machines. You know, DJ, with my birthday coming up in the next couple months... Someone who listens to this show is uh, my mother. So, hello, Mom. Shout out to you, by the (laughs) way. Uh, But she had said, you know, for your birthday, do you want us to pitch in a couple bucks for an espresso machine? And I said, you know, that's a very interesting idea. Let me try espresso for a couple times to make sure that I really like it, that I want to do it at home. Because remember, DJ, when we first brought up the espresso maker, I was like, wow, I want this experience with the loud milk and all the levers and that sort of thing. It was like steampunk is a drink. And
1: And it makes sense. You like smoking meat. You mm -hmm. like long process cooking. Why not get an espresso maker? It's exactly it's right up your alley.
0: Exactly. I got to give a, a test run to espresso to really make sure that it's ready for me and that I'm ready for it. Because if I'm going to commit to this and get this piece of equipment in my household, I got to make sure that I'm really ready for it. So I told my mother, I said, let me give it a real test drive, not just a one, one and done with the drink. Let me let me take espresso out uh, to Starbucks a couple of times, see what's going on with this drink. And then see if I'm ready to commit to that that kind of machinery in my household, heavy machinery, if I might add.
1: Maybe you should check. Well, actually, I was going to say you should check out the Nespresso. Would we have? But that wouldn't be something you'd be interested in because all that is is you fill up water every now and then, you load a pod like a Keurig, and you get real espresso out of it. Um, but you don't have the levers. You don't have the the milk steaming. The steam. All the. The foam and the steam, all of that. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should try it out. I would recommend, though, yes, that you definitely try espresso. Uh, and it doesn't have to be just straight espresso. Try some espresso-laden drinks, let's say.
0: Okay. Well, maybe you can help with this, DJ. What is a latte? And is it mutually exclusive with espresso?
1: Latte is espresso and then foamed milk. So, a lot of milk. Um, makes up a latte, essentially. So the, the coffee content is the espresso, which is very concentrated coffee. And that, that – it's, it's just like diluting something. Like it's so concentrated, you only need that much to turn it into an entire coffee drink. So when you get a latte, you're mainly drinking milk, whatever type of milk you have. Um, but it's foamed and steamed
0: milk. So are you telling me that I could take an espresso machine and it would yield a latte if I played my cards right?
1: If you had the milk frother, the steamer, indeed, and that is why you would buy an espresso machine, because you're not going to be, I mean, I guess you could, but I don't think most people who have an espresso machine are just drinking small things of espresso.
0: That's where the tiny mugs come in, right? It's for espresso? Yes. Yes. Okay. Wow, there's so much about coffee culture that I need to learn. (laughs) I've tried to get my hands around barbecue culture, and here I am flirting with coffee culture, too. It
1: it could be that. Sometimes those tiny things are also the frothed milk that goes on top of the drink to do the latte art. So it just depends on who it is. I mean – I will say the beauty about the Nespresso is they have various sizes of pods. So the really small ones, it's one shot of espresso, so you just add that to your drink. But then they have bigger pods. That's a full coffee drink, ready to drink, um, that you could do without milk or anything. Um, they have decaf versions. So that's an easier way to go. And they're made by Breville, or Breville who makes like all the mainstream espresso machines you'd find on like Amazon. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, when you have a latte or any similar drink, a Frappuccino, it's mainly just espresso, that super concentrate that's giving it the coffee. So when someone says, they're like, oh, I want a double shot of espresso, it's just two of those.
0: Oh, so that's what that all means. Yep. You're so knowledgeable about this, DJ. I do appreciate you enlightening me a little bit so I can you learn can more about wife. this coffee. <laughs> okay. Thank you to your wife as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I am really going to have to read more, probably watch these YouTube videos about coffee and different machines and see if that's what I want. Because oftentimes that's what I did with the smoker. I did a ton of research to say... Which smoker do I want? Which one? I gotta see it used in a, a YouTube video or something like that. Get their mm-hmm. testimonial, see them make those different meats and over a period of weeks or months to see that they continue to use it and love it. And and maybe that's the same thing for an espresso machine. But again, I have to really try it first. So that's the first step is for me to get espresso. And I think that's what I'm gonna do next. I mean. It's going to be a good weekend this uh, this weekend coming up. Maybe I punctuate it with some francy coffee.
1: Well, she had done her research, and she knew she wanted the Nespresso. Not just the Nespresso, but the frother that comes with it. It's like this big canteen. It has different lines on the inside like a rice maker. You put the milk in the canteen. There's a little magnetic stirring thing on there. The canteen goes on a hot plate, and it froths the milk automatically and gets it up to temperature. Mm. And that was really cool, too, the fact that you just – push the button, fill the milk, put the pot in, close it, push the button, combine them together, and you have a latte. And it saves you so much money. Like the machine was like over 200 bucks, but like never goes to Starbucks like hardly ever. Mm. If you're going out to get coffee, it's more like intentional, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean there's so many different gadgets that you could use in or around the kitchen that just – are amazing and imaginative. Mm-hmm. Like I got an easy bake oven. We know that the listeners heard that before. It's <laughs> like an oven, but it's small. And I, like I, I never use my oven that's in the cabinets. That's so big and old. I'm like, who even uses that? Not me. I Not use you. the easy bake oven. Cause I can use it for toasting or for air frying stuff. And I haven't used the broil yet, but apparently it can broil. I don't mm-hmm. really know what broiling means. Uh, I have the broiling Instant is pot. super
1: hot temperature very fast so if you have like something that has a layer of cheese on top you put in the oven for 40 minutes then you take it out put your oven on broil really hot it gets that glaze on the cheese that brownish like and you only put it in there for three or four minutes like 500 plus degrees is broil
0: is that what a london broil is then
1: i don't know it could be i'm not sure speaking of gadgets Ninja has an, an ice cream maker that goes on your counter. Have oh, you seen no. this?
0: Oh, no, I have not. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, no. And it's Here Ninja, we
1: go. and everything that Ninja makes is incredible. We're not paid to say that.
0: I have a blender I, from them. I made salsa with yes. it. It was incredible.
1: <laughs> we have a Ninja blender. We have a Ninja coffee maker that we love uh, outside of the Nespresso because that's different because we still have a coffee pot for a big drip coffee. And it also makes tea at the same time or Different time, but same machine. But, yeah, they make an ice cream machine that's about yay big. It just goes on your countertop. It's designed to stay there. And you can just make ice cream. And, like, not just ice cream. You can do soft serve. You can do traditional. You can do frozen smoothies with it.
0: Now, is this an ice cream machine where you have to freeze a big thing and then put it in the machine? No, or it does,
1: freezes it for you.
0: Oh, no. That's very dangerous to make ice cream that accessible in my it's household,
1: DJ. the I'm looking it up right now. It's called the Ninja creamy cream with an eye uh no i don't want 10 percent off currently unavailable might get, oh, get no. notified oh no here we go that's the big one so the little one's two hundred dollars seven functions each pint holds two cups and it will allow you allows you to do many things such as transforming frozen solid bases into ice cream sorbets milkshakes and more the touch of a button um, turn almost anything into ice cream, sorbets, milkshakes, and more. Completely customizable treats. You can have total control for low sugar, keto, dairy-free, vegan options. Sweet to savory, healthy to indulgent. Uh, choose between ice cream, sorbet, gelato, milkshake, smoothie bowl, light ice cream, and mix-in. Okay, so the, so the the cheaper one, you do have to prep your your base and freeze overnight. But I wow. thought that the more expensive one... You did not have to do that. See, we could be wrong. Nope, you do. Okay, so so you're right. I thought that... Too
0: good to be true.
1: Yeah. Mm. I thought they had something that just froze it for you, but...
0: Meanwhile... Still, the fact that this exists. Though both of us are incredibly engrossed in this conversation... Uh, the dear listener has already rage quit the podcast and left a one-star <laughs> review uh, when they listened and, and thought this was going to be about roller coasters, theme parks, all that sort of thing. Um, we like a little bit of variety. We contain multitudes. And I think this is our 100th episode, so get off our back, dear listener. We gave you 99 episodes before this. We're going to have a little bit of domestic no. talk here at the beginning. No. I think that's good for a little bit of balance.
1: And we love our fans and our dear listeners, and that's it's so important to have them listen to the show. But, you know, if if you're here just strictly for amusement park talk, theme park talk, there are other podcasts and other podcasts that we love, and they do that. But we do get domestic sometimes. Now I'm on the shark cleaning website because the ninja family is part of the shark family. So I'm now looking at vacuum cleaners.
0: That way lies madness, DJ. Don't go that way. I mean, I, I'm looking at a Shark right now in my room. I think we got it from a, a thrift store, and it's it does its job. It's pretty good. It has foam in it that I don't really understand where the hmm. air goes or how it even works, but it works. Uh, it's, it's good.
1: Yeah, Shark is kind of like, uh, you don't want to shell out for the Dyson. You don't want the Roomba. Shark is like, we do everything but better and cheaper, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Dyson stuff just looks cool. And here we go with the the theme park talk. In many restrooms, they have Dyson hand dryers yes. where they – this is how we're tying it in. They have restrooms in many of these theme parks that have air dryers that dry your hands after you wash them in the restrooms that are Dyson uh, branded. Um, in my office, it's a little hot, and so I thought maybe blade. I should get a fan, and then maybe I should splurge for a Dyson, one of those – Little circle orb things that is bladeless and just can do heat or cool, and then I said, "Oh, it's three hundred fifty dollars to start out with. Maybe not."
1: <laughs> I will get a fan and a space heater.
0: <laughs> yeah, and still
1: well, have two fifty to spare. When I was an <laughs> RA in college, I had a resident who, yes, I was an RA in college. We're furthering DJ's lore. Um, he, I mean, you know, was. Very messy, slob, whatever. And then here in the middle of their 1960s dorm room in the common room was one of those huge purifiers that you're talking about. Not even the purifiers, just the bladeless fan. And it was just so funny to see that thing in the middle of the room. Everything's filthy. It's an old dorm room, and here's this huge Tyson fan his parents bought him.
0: <laughs> hey, it's keeping things fresh. I can appreciate that.
1: <laughs> like you just get a fan, man.
0: If it gets the job done and looks cool at the same time, that works for me. (laughs) That's fair.
1: And that's what's important these days. But perhaps enough talk about domestic uh, things, domestic vices, perhaps domestic devices. Uh, I'm back from the beach.
0: You are. I mean, in the last episode, when I was able to talk with Kinsey about theater and theme parks and the overlap there, of which there is much... You were gone for a little bit. you went to the beach for spring break because I know you're really you're sort of a beach bum. you love to get the sand between your toes, and I'm not going to fault you for that d j but you were gone for a little bit i mean you you had a little bit of a journey, I guess you could say an odyssey, so to speak, because I mean uh, there is Odysseus the whole story about that. I think it takes like ten years to tell that story, but you <laughs> We're walking along the beach, um, and I, I remember how you were first telling me about it, how you were watching the footprints be washed away by the water as the tide was coming in. Because uh, we were actually trying to record a, a little something here uh, with the waves crashing along the sand and the, the seagulls calling. there. We were trying to get a little bit of asthma going for the dear listener. But then all of a sudden, you knelt down for whatever reason, uh, you said, oh, Chris, I see something in the sand here. I said, DJ, it's probably a sand flea. Don't pick at it. I don't love when you see those videos of the the water washing over the sand, and you can see all the sand fleas just go up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, is that what's in the sand with me right now? I don't need that. But back to back to what was happening, <laughs> DJ. You knelt down because you probably thought it was a quarter or something. And again, I can't fault you for that. But... <sighs> As the microphone was just very close to the sand as you were digging in, um, in about a foot of water at this point, a crab scuttled by and stole your microphone right out of your hands. And I know why it happened. It's because the crab, it moved side to side and you, you had a sort of a, a laser focus on digging out this thing, whatever it was from the sand and the crab, uh, Climbed in from your peripheral vision, took the microphone. They probably thought it was a fish and then went about its merry way. And I know you chased it for a while. I know you evidently couldn't find it because you're using a different microphone today than you usually use. Yes. But, I mean... uh I guess I want to ask, and I think you owe it to both me and the dear listener to tell me what you thought it was in the sand that you were digging for that you ultimately lost uh, the microphone for.
1: I don't know if I want to divulge that information.
0: You owe it to us.
1: All right. It was a memento of mine. It was a memento of mine. And And I really do possess this because I found it. So we've we've had an epic move, all right? We no longer live where we live. We live back in Missouri. We now have a home in Missouri. Here we are, big move, right? After we went to the beach, we moved our house. But what we lost, I should say, before and during the move, and I found it on the beach, was my, you may have seen this, Chris, before. I have a pin, a very small pin. It's like something you'd pin on your shirt, pin on a lanyard. It is from Cedar Point. And it says Banshee, the original name of the Mantis roller coaster Before it was changed to Mantis, which is now Rugaroo. I had lost that in the sand and I found it.
0: Uh, follow-up question. Why did you have that at the beach?
1: Um, you know, I think as you're moving and things are in boxes, right, before you do the actual move, you're really moving. Moving is a multi-week-month process. You're putting things in boxes. And I think what happened was... As I was putting that away, I didn't want to lose it. And Maybe I put it in my pocket to say, hey, hmm. don't lose that. Put that in a different box. And it ultimately went with me to the beach. And I lost it. And there I was. It was.
0: To, I was about to say, uh, with when you said you had a pin at the beach for whatever reason, I thought that maybe you were wearing a bucket hat like I do. Because I always wear a bucket hat. It's good for sun protection. You're, you're a bucket keeps, boy. That's fine. See? It keeps the sun off of the ears. It keeps the sun off of the neck. And though this is not something that I do, I think a bucket hat is very ripe to put pins on it and maybe even a couple patches. Yes. It's not something I would do, but if you wanted to have – what's the term in office space? It's
1: the jean jacket of the head.
0: I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I mean, you could have a jean bucket hat. That would be multiple things going on there in one hat, but – you could certainly personalize a bucket hat in many ways. You could put pins on it, it'd weigh it down a little bit. It wouldn't do his job as well if the bill of the bucket hat is going a little far too far down. But I think there's a lot of potential for personalization there. And the name of what was the the Jennifer Aniston character in office space when she was at that chain restaurant and you had to wear a certain number of what's on your suspenders? Have you seen Office Space, DJ? No, of course I haven't. A movie that I've seen that you have not seen. That's incredible. I mean, we're 100 episodes in and now we reach this. But (laughs) there was like this policy where they had to wear at least seven personalizations to their uniform and form like a silly button with a catchphrase on it or a pin. And and that's just sort of what I thought of there. I've lost my train of thought here. (laughs) We're 20 minutes in right now and we... Uh, we're just getting started, but I think that is the makings of a good podcast where we we'll really have uh, a, a twisting, winding road of narrative in the episode, and and I think we're going to have a, a pretty good destination once we get there. I
1: agree. I agree. I think we're in a good trajectory, as we are with all of our episodes of this podcast, and we're ready to really hit it off, as the kids would say.
0: Yeah, it's just like some of the fun that we've had recently in Corkscrew Convos, uh, some of the fun episodes that we've had. We'll just briefly touch on those. Most recently, I spoke with Kinsey about theme parks and theater and everything in between there, too, where we talked about uh, Rogers Musical coming to Disney's California Adventure. Sorry, Disney California Adventure. They lost the possessive there. Um, But then we also talked about Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 and and all other manner of theater and and theme parks there, too. So that was a really great, unique episode there, too. It's great to talk with Kinsey. Um, I shared a couple of my insecurities with her about grocery shopping, and I think she was very graceful in handling that, too, so I thank her with that. Uh, But we also had another great episode that was called Wooden Coaster 101, where we talked with a good friend of ours, Matt, from Martin & Vlemics, who, uh, who builds these iconic wooden coasters around the world. And it was great to hear about him and his experience doing the thing, building the coasters he that did. we ride.
1: He did. So if you're interested in those episodes, then we encourage you to go back and watch them, especially if you're new to Corkscrew Convos. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. Be sure to take a look around. Take a listen. We hope you enjoy yourself. We promise there's an episode... For everyone out there, whether it's a plan, a park, interviews with industry professionals, um, musings, like you heard at the beginning of this podcast. It exists. It's out there. Enjoy yourself.
0: DJ, now that you're back from the beach and we're able to really sit down and record here in spring, where, of course, uh, the pollen's mostly gone from that, from that uh, time period of the season, where it was a, a little rough, where, um, of course, we just see the pollen come off the trees and it couldn't really breathe but now we're we're getting to the beautiful part of spring where the flowers are there the greenery is there and it's really getting me to think about theme parks
1: there were times where i would grab a handrail that was outside and i'd look at my hand I'm like oh why is this so gritty and my hand would just be green
0: oh that's terrible dj but here <laughs> we are we're in spring it, we're 100 episodes in i think that's an incredible landmark that you should be very proud of dj and I think the best way to commemorate that is to do something that has been both a, a lot of fun for us and the listeners, I think I've liked it too, uh, which is our Planet park series where of course we've done this many times where we plan the future of different parks. We take their next five years and say, we'll take care of that. We got your plan right here. Now, I think we should go back to the drawing board DJ and set out on our own. We're going to make our own park. We're going to steal stuff from other parks, too. If we like a coaster that they have, we're going to take it. It doesn't matter if it's a terrain coaster built uniquely for that park. We're going to find a way to put it at our own park. It's going to be like Monster
1: at Lost Island. There's going to be gigantic footers. We're just going to put it there.
0: We are. We're going to make it work. We have a, an amazing design and engineering team who's going to find a way to shoehorn it all in together. So that's what we're going to do, DJ. It's a fun way to celebrate 100 episodes of corkscrew convos. This is now coming purely from our brains where we are able to collaborate on a park that is our own.
1: And I think what's cool about this is, you know, dear listener, we, on some of these planet parks, we have to, we have, to have some sort of structure there's some things that we've laid out that we discussed beforehand here's where it might go and then we deviate off this but there's really nothing here for for our layout we've got location with a couple locations flow to remind us of how it's going to flow uh, and then a list of attractions that we need and what does that mean it doesn't mean oh you need this drop tower or something it's just coasters flats tower rides water attractions kids rides this is planet coaster this is roller coaster tycoon in podcast form
0: Exactly. So uh, we're not going to have those little asthma sound effects. Maybe we should in the future. And maybe that's a way that this podcast can grow. DJ is with a soundboard. (laughs) Exactly. You took the words out of my mouth. I haven't been able to figure out how to do it yet. You have one.
1: Yes. Actually, no, we don't anymore. Sorry. Oh, we did.
0: There you go, getting my hopes up yeah. and the dear listeners' yeah. hopes up. <laughs> Imagine all of the outrageous sound effects that we would play <laughs> that would just turn off the entire listening base. They'd say, I hate this. Well, I can't even listen to this. What is this, the morning zoo? <laughs> no, it's kokshu combos, But maybe we've spared the listener and saved the podcast at the same time with that. But DJ, we're going to take this park. And I think the first thing that we should do is something that will inform everything else that follows it. And that is a name. What is in this name here? What are we going to call it?
1: I always like to go with. uh, I say I. I I like I like verbs. Like uh, something that's moving. Something that's kinetic.
0: Like rushing gardens or something. I don't know.
1: Mm, I do. I do like using gardens or something that's like Alton Towers. A a blank, blank. (laughs) Yes. 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 Hmm. That's a good question. I hadn't thought much about this.
0: Well, is this going to be a theme park and amusement park, DJ? Good question. I think it should be a themed amusement park. I like that. It's a cop out of an answer, but that's what it should be.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Maybe some loose themes every now and then. I mean,
0: hmm. Yeah. Our queues are going to be covered. Some of them might be even air conditioned. But uh, we're gonna have big rides, too. So it's gonna be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Hmm. Maybe we come back to the name here. That might have been a big question to start out with. Maybe if we get a couple elements of this put together, the name will fall into place, too. Let's try the location, DJ. I say Myrtle Beach. I mean, with Planet Park Paramount, we went through different markets, including Myrtle Beach. And I think that for A market that has family kingdom they have a couple other attractions in the strip area I think they need a a park something that's close enough to the beach to still get that traffic Uh, something that doesn't open in 2008 so maybe it'll stick around for a little bit rest in peace Hard Rock Park Mm -hmm. Uh, but what do you think about Myrtle Beach
1: I like it. I mean, I gravitate towards, like, Las Vegas. We talked about that in a previous podcast just because I think the location is all year round. You can have the thing open every single day. And the city really is moving to much more of a family-oriented environment and has since the even the 80s and 90s. Um, however, yeah. I think Myrtle Beach is a market that needs to be tapped more. It just kind of blows my mind that a huge theme park or amusement park doesn't exist there. But the same goes for Las Vegas. The same goes for Houston, Texas. Uh, these are markets where you just wonder, why not? Like, what is stopping people? Is it crazy real estate? Is it demographic? Like, what is it? Do they think the the demographic are people who just wouldn't spend money at something like this? Like, does it have to be at a tourist location like Myrtle Beach? Hmm. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I think Myrtle Beach. I'll go with you with Myrtle.
1: Okay. I'll go in with you. Yeah. Myrtle
0: Beach. Maybe we'll call it. Myrtle Shores. I don't know. I,
1: I'm hearing like, like, inspiration blank. Like I wanted to say Inspiration Point, but then that's too close to Cedar Point.
0: Yeah, we're going to be pretty far from Sandusky. Inspiration Point. Inspira- inspiration. Inspiration point.
1: Key. Like Q U A Y. Oh,
0: Q U
1: A Y. Isn't that how you pronounce Key?
0: I thought C A Y was an alternative pronunciation. Q-U-A-Y pronunciation.
1: Yeah. Q-U-A-Y. Key. Sounds like key.
0: Okay. Key. Well, we'll have to educate people, including myself, on how that's pronounced, but I think that is a fun way to get it across, and it's not something that is going to be uh, taken by somebody else. If it's, Oh, Googled, it's an
1: Australian pronunciation, maybe.
0: Okay. Inspiration key at Myrtle Beach. I think we're gonna to have to say at Myrtle Beach to steal that uh, name recognition. <laughs> inspiration Key at Myrtle Beach, a new themed amusement park coming in 2027, whatever that is. So I think this is coming together. I think we're making use of a general theme which is inspiration that I think pretty much every park chain has, has taken to some extent because that is something that is applicable In almost all forms, where uh, I almost thought about imagination that's adjacent. I think you can can tie that in there, too. Uh, But inspiration, that is the act of getting an idea, something that we're going to need to have a lot of to complete this park here. So Inspiration Key at Myrtle Beach, I think that's a very strong start. I think we have our location in our name now. Now that we have Inspiration Key at Myrtle Beach, I think that's going to inform the direction that we take. So uh, I'm very excited.
1: I am too. And with the location and with the name, thus comes a flow. How is the park constructed? What's different about the resources that we have is we can go all out. Some parks, as they start, it's a strip of land and it slowly turns into something else and it slowly moves, It slowly adds Different pathways, different sections. I think Holiday World is a great example of that, where you had a small thing that became larger and larger, and now you have so much land and such a massive park. Um, But we have the ability to start from scratch. We have the Disney ability to make a park just like it should be. We have the ability to create the parking lot structure that Universal has. We have the funds, we have the vision, we have the inspiration.
0: Yeah, we're going to have a parking garage because money is no object here. We spare no expense. I need to start typing this in the outline before we forget all this. (laughs) But inspiration.
1: I do like the idea of a parking garage. I know people, you know, they – some people diss the parking garage. But Universal is a great example of how well it works. It's a parking garage. Like just get past that. You got to park. It gets you past – it gets you there, right? There's one place – parking wise in theme parks that i'm never frustrated and it's universal um i know where to go people are telling me where to go it's efficient to remember where you're at it gets you in the transit center whatever it's called it gets you to the city walk and then by the time you're in the park because of the walk you forget you're even in a parking garage
0: yeah and you get that excitement when you are on those moving walkways, and you see this huge structure that just looks like it's built on top of itself, and that City Walk because there are multiple levels there. There's an upstairs and a downstairs, and um, monster mini golf around there too. It's Little incredible. Alleys. Mm-hmm. No. So I think we are well on our way there too. And in terms of design for this park, I know that Myrtle Beach has a boardwalk and it's iconic and and a big deal that they have this strip here along the beach. I don't want to beat them at their own game there because I don't think we can, but I think that we should, now hear me out, DJ. I think that we should find a way to work a little bit of boardwalk flair, at least into our entrance experience. There
1: will be a boardwalk section and what better way to do that than the entrance to pay homage to the area that we're in yes
0: yeah, so we're going to have that boardwalk entrance maybe even planks on the ground that if you roll a stroller over it it's going to go <laughs> to really get that engaging of all the five senses going uh, so we'll have a boardwalk there too and that is uh, by nature a pretty linear direction there but do we want to from this boardwalk is that a sort of a Main Street USA, where instead of a Main Street, it's a boardwalk, and there are structures and midway games and all over monetization on one side, and on the other side, there's a body of water that maybe has some fountains and maybe even a fountain show?
1: Yes, I think the boardwalk itself is similar to City Walk. It's a, it's a place where curious, leased uh, stores and brands have an opportunity to live and and to and to thrive. A place that's open truly year-round it doesn't really close it functions like its own disney springs or something like that Um, but what better way on the other side like you say to even incorporate the name i'm looking up the definition of key q-u-a-y so next to the fountains and next to the boardwalk is the actual key a structure definition a structure built parallel to the bank of a waterway for use as a landing place this is where you board the vessel to take you across the waterway, the artificial waterway, into the park itself.
0: Now, hold on, DJ. Are we, is everybody who goes into the park going to need to use this transportation ride? Because that is... They can't. Uh,
1: they can't. I mean, there's definitely sidewalks around it. It's just an artificial something we've built, just a, a lake.
0: Okay, so we'll have a, a water transport ride at the entrance.
1: And and I think, I think potentially, yeah, everyone could use it. I think we could have multiple boats. Maybe and hear me out on this. Maybe it's similar to Universal's um, Green Gods Express, where the boat itself is enclosed on the inside to where there's some sort of show that happens. It says you're now entering Inspiration hmm. Key, and it's completely it is optional, but it is the preferred way we want people to experience the park. Hey, the line's kind of long. You can you can go around this way. Maybe there's an audio track as they're walking if they take that route that's similar to the boat experience.
0: Okay. I like that. So that is us getting to the park. We have this sort of boardwalk experience. It's going to be finely manicured and well-designed um, and well-planned in a way that a boardwalk maybe springs up more spontaneously on its own over time. Yeah. And that's part of the beauty of it. But this is going to be not a sanitized version of it, but a clean, easy version of it in the sense that the buildings alternate height, and it just looks right from that extent, and there aren't people trying to sell you t-shirts and CDs, uh, but it's going to be a good time.
1: It's a place where you can relax with your family, you can relax with your friends, um, you can relax with your co-workers, uh, whatever it might be. It's a place for everybody, but there are definite different experiences. There's family experience, young adult experience, old couples experience. Um, a place to shop, dine, be entertained until you decide to take the journey into the key.
0: Yeah, a lot of outdoor dining that might even overlook um, maybe, you know, the elevated tier, everything there too. I think that'd be nice, especially if we have some sort of fountain show on the water. That would be a lot of fun.
1: I agree. I agree. So that's the entrance. That's, That's the boardwalk. That's the key. A fountain show, maybe it happens at night. Maybe it happens throughout the day you take the boat or you take the walkways if that's more your speed if you want to get in the park quick and you arrive at the gate to the park
0: now it's time to start stealing ideas from other parks dj here's the fun (laughs) thing where we get the copy and paste function and planet coaster and we're going to populate our park now here too so i think the best way to start with what we put in this park is going to be to start with the coasters we're gonna maybe start with the big one, the king of the coasters in our park. Maybe we start with one that's going to be the people eater that everybody just rides because it's so rideable. What do you want first, DJ, and why?
1: This goes back to my recent—or actually, not very recent—but my last one of my last park trips to Canada's Wonderland for the first time. I think a Yukon Striker dive-style coaster anchoring the front Ooh. of the park. It's a people monster. It's a good ride because it's Yukon Striker layout, uh, or similar, but the same forces that that has. But similar to your Fury 325 entrance, your Gatekeeper entrance, something that interacts with the entrance itself. I think, what what else would it be other than a dive underneath the main thoroughfare, uh, the main midway as you walk into the park? You buy your tickets by the dive coaster. Um, You have guest relations there, lockers, main gate. There it is.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. It'll be some sort of subtropical diving bird that it'll be themed to maybe.
1: (laughs) We'll work out the
0: details with legal later on.
1: And imagine Uh, a water effect on its return run, something like that, mm -hmm. some sort of water splash.
0: I like that. Now, hear me out, DJ, now. We have – this might be the king of our coasters here in Inspiration Key at Myrtle Beach – but let me think about a way that we could put in at least one other attraction, maybe a coaster, maybe not, that interacts with Yukon Striker. Because mm-hmm. I really I really want to take this opportunity where we're planning this park from the very beginning. What can we do to add a little bit more visual intrigue to this entrance mm-hmm. area? We already have Yukon Striker there. What do we add around it?
1: Well, which, by the way, when you ride that ride, the swinging coaster um, – Vortex. No, not yeah. Vortex. Yeah, Vortex. That's that's what makes it even better. So 100%. I would love to see something go through a gigantic flat ride, like a Ferris wheel or something. I don't know how you accomplish that. Maybe if this park is big enough that we can have an Orlando-style Orlando Eye. Um, where is Orlando's like that, where you have an open center of the
0: wheel? No, the not London in the U.S., like that. I don't think.
1: But, you know, the mega Ferris wheel where the opening is just an opening in the center. Yeah. like Something like that. Like some huge another people eater flat ride that this thing interacts with.
0: A giant Ferris wheel. I like the look of that. And I think that if we position it in such a way where the dive coaster and the vertical drop is at a pleasing angle compared to the giant concentric Ferris wheel, that that could in some ways become... Uh, an icon logo of the park. Maybe not a logo, but... With
1: the coaster together, yes. Yeah, but those two
0: structures together could become very visually distinctive for Inspiration Key at Myrtle Beach. So I like the sound of that. Um, I think that that is a really good start to this first area. I want to add one more thing because Yukon Striker, of course, that is... Uh, the, the was big dive coaster theme for the the big thrill seekers. We're also going to have a giant Ferris wheel as well. I want something little and quaint, and I <laughs> think it want I want it to be uh, a flat ride of some sort. Maybe it's going to be a disco, nebulas? but I might want to go nebula's. Hmm. Let's save that for deeper into the park where that can really anchor its own thing, because I think that sure. could hold its own. Yes. But I think we're going in the right direction there. What if we did a, hmm, a Windstar from Zamperla? I That's sort that of, up. that might match the the idea that we're going for, where it's sort of like hang gliding, but you're in a spinning flat ride. Oh, so yep, it's yep. relatively mild there, too. I think that could be pretty with all the yeah. colors on the sails.
1: Or a modern flying scooter type of Vime. Oh, you know? But terrible capacity, though. Terrible. Hmm. That's what I'm also thinking about. The front of the park, we gotta have the highest capacity rides, I feel like. I mean, even a Zamperla um, multi decker swing, that could work. Chain swing. Multi
0: decker swing?
1: Or not multi decker. Um, the, the chain swing ride where the whole thing lifts up, it tilts oh, on its side. Oh, the chain swing.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, that's kind of classic, and that might match the vibe that we're going for here, where this is maybe not necessarily exactly Boardwalk still, but it's a thematic transition to the rest of the park there, too. So I think Chair Swing uh, could be a pretty great spot for that.
1: I think anything else that is mild, or a family ride at least, just isn't going to have the capacity. Like yeah. The only other thing I'm thinking is a disco, and discos are pretty thrilling, I think, more than a chair swing.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think that's a, a good center entrance area of the park itself there, too. We have the big dive coaster. We have the giant concentric Ferris wheel. We have the chair swing.
1: Flying Carousel is the name for example.
0: Flying Carousel. I think that's a really nice way to put it, Flying Carousel. It really is. <laughs> It's incredible about this ride there, too, that it's still manufactured new, but it just feels like a timeless ride when you walk up to this sort of ride at a park there, too. It looks like it's been there forever. It looks like a classic thrill, and yet, oh, this one opened in 2004? Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And there's three great rides that really open the park up. Uh, It shows we have thrills for all ages from mild to wild um, TM from mile
0: to wild TM inspiration (laughs) key at Myrtle beach from mile to wild. Okay. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's already been used, but okay. For the purpose of this, it wasn't, what's this next area that we're going to have DJ? What do we want to do next? Do we want to look at a kid's area that could have a, a lot of little rides?
1: I like the idea of not, not a water world, but an area with three really good water rides because it's a hot area People think of the beach. What's just an area that we could just maybe have like an Atlantis or something where we have okay. three great water rides to just cool off? It's right there in the front. Everyone loves water rides. Um, rather than pepper them around everywhere, why not just put them all together? Yeah. It makes I like it easier on our, on our pumps. It makes it easier on chemicals. All that's just right there.
0: Because that way it's less likely for people to get soaking wet riding these rides and then sit in a coaster car and drip water everywhere, right. which is inevitable. It might happen well, again, but it's less likely to happen now.
1: And the reason I'm buying for this is there's a ride I really want to put there, and it's a water ride, and that's my excuse to do that. Okay. Um, what is it? It's called the Big Waves. It's also by Zamperla. Oh, yes. This is the... Kind of drop tower that brings you up. It drops you. It's got like an axe-shaped bottom of V that carves the water. It gets you soaking wet and shoots a gigantic wave um, over the boardwalk.
0: Yeah, because that's a ride that I think is built for a lot of interactivity or Interactiva-Z, because of Zamperla. Who knows what they call it? But um, I I like the sound of that, because... This
1: has now become the Adam Sandy episode.
0: (laughs) Now, he's Coasters, DJ. We haven't put in a Zamperla Coaster yet, but maybe we should. Maybe this is going to be like Neptune's... Hold, something like that. Uh, Where this is going to be the water section. I think it's the Virginia Beach oceanfront that has the big Neptune statue, but maybe we'll rip that off here again. We're stealing from the best here when we do this. We'll have a big waves as well. Uh, Let's add another water ride. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with the launched log flume at SeaWorld San Antonio. I know they're still building it right now, so I can't quite comprehend how it works or what the ride experience is going to be like, but I'm very intrigued. Is
1: that what you want? You want the launch log flume? Are you saying we Hmm. don't have a good litmus?
0: Again, this is all fantasy, DJ. I want it, Uh, but I want to break some records. Let's make it the tallest, fastest launched log Log flume. flume. (laughs) We're going to steal all the records there. We'll put it in version. No, I won't, but uh, we're going to do that.
1: Now I've lost any argument to have a mock water coaster.
0: Now hold on. We could add a pulsar.
1: There's Okay. Anything else, there's no point. Because the log flume is basically that.
0: Yeah, but this is a a bigger version of it. Parks often have a a log flume and the the shoot-the-shoots ride too. That could work.
1: So we're going to go pulsar, and we're going to omit the family water raft ride, which I'm fine with, but that's where we're at.
0: Well, we're going to have a ton of splash areas. Maybe we should add a water park to, or at least a, a water play area to this area. So we're going to have a splash pad. And hmm, I don't think we want the headache of a, a, a lazy river or a wave pool. No standing water that people can get in, because then we're going to have to have lifeguards. And, yeah. And I don't know if we want to do this. Of course, this is a park without a budget or a fantasy, and yet we don't have the budget for lifeguards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to have a splash pad, no standing water, and uh, we've got to have a big tipping bucket. I mean, everybody needs that, so we're going to have a tipping bucket. There we go. Yeah, now we have it. And Neptune's hold is complete. Boom. I think that's <laughs> a, a great spot. Now, hear me out, DG. In this next area, I want to go a little wild. Okay. Of course, it it rains a ton in the summer, uh, especially in the southeast. So I think that we should not necessarily build an indoor section, but I want something that we see in part of Diagon Alley or uh, Disneyland in Tokyo, where they have a large section of the park that is covered with uh, a roof. Hmm. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, Singapore has that, and it was really awesome. Yeah, Yeah, so I I think
0: we should do that. Uh, The trouble is, what do we put underneath it? If it's a bunch of loud stuff, it's all just going to echo when people scream. Uh, It's going to echo in the top of the roof, so maybe we should be careful about what we put here. I don't know if this is necessarily the kids' area, but maybe this is... It works well when it's shops
1: on either side. Maybe the top could be like a Fremont Street experience, but with no sound. So it's just an LED show of some sort projection show.
0: Okay, so this is sort of like a, a re- not a rest area, but a another transition area between where yeah. we are right now and where we're going, which is more rides on either side and more fun for that, but this will be somewhere to, again, get out of the direct sunlight, get out of the rain if you need to, and ride, uh, not ride, and exist and you know, let's add a dark ride here. That's what I want to do. It'll be an indoor dark ride, uh, but it'll be in this area that's already covered. So let's put yep. this here. What do we want to call this area?
1: I'm with the covered roof, I'm getting a dark academia vibe. Um almost a Is that anime? No. No no okay. no Okay. Dark Academia is like a just a, a vibe. Like dark green walls gothic architecture um dark wood tones like almost like a almost like a dark castle sort of thing um mixed with harry potter if that makes sense
0: um, okay
1: flaming torches something like that you could almost go into a kind of like french quarter sort of thing
0: dj it's weird that you say french quarter cuz here i am i wrote down Zen gardens, Zen being the river Zen in Paris. I like that. I like that we both got a a vaguely French vibe from this, even though we might not have started with that. Uh, I think that incorporating some Gothic architecture is a a great way to put a little bit of money in this area too, where it's not necessarily going to be something that steals everyone's attention for the whole day, but it's an area that provides negative space, and I think that's the term I was looking for earlier, where there's a lot of go, go, go in theme parks, but if you have the areas that are a little bit of, opportunity for rest and recharging from an extent. I think that's valuable, too. So we're going to have Zen Gardens, not Zen Z-E-N, but Zen as in the River Zen. So there will be water elements here, too. uh, Maybe even some splash areas to cool off. But uh, we're going to have a restaurant here. We're going to have gothic, uh, vaguely gothic uh, theme. Yeah,
1: I think the Dark ride could even almost be a... Um, I don't like to use dark or scary, but maybe a very mysterious, not yeah. ghost train, but ooh, can you find the professor who left these clues in his study or
0: something? Do we collect the clues by firing a a shooter of some kind? Is this a shooting dark ride? Is this interactive in that sense?
1: I think it could be just a... Almost uh, AR sort of experience, but maybe some motion sensor, something involved to where, oh, what's behind the bookcase? And you have to whoosh your hand to the left or right. Oh. And that triggers something on a screen or a real bookcase opens, something like that.
0: I like that. Yeah. So a gesture based dark ride, exploring. Uh, mansion or something a haunted mansion
1: it's (laughs) it's, and it's not it's not scary it's not haunted it's 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 not wacky it's it's sophisticated but it's just you feel like you're solving a mystery
0: yeah now to close out this land i want to put one more thing in a box and it's going to be a dark ride but what dark ride do we put in a box in this area as well? Because I think we're really drawing the production concept of this land together well. Uh, we have a nice dark ride, a theme, a restaurant there too. But let's put a dark ride there uh, that is another thing that's indoors for people to do.
1: Hmm. I think to match the aesthetic maybe, you could almost do, imagine Navi River Journey could imagine it's just like lights of Paris or something We're we're in France so maybe it's like lights of the city or something it's just like it, you go into a scene maybe where it's just like you're out in the middle of a field and there's just stars and then it's lights of a city and then it's lights of the countryside and then it's lights of like the theme is, is on lights
0: okay you know there was a another raw, dark ride in the Myrtle Beach area once that uh, was a lot about lights and and just sort of seeing visual uh, spectacle in that sense. And that was the Moody Blues presents Nights in White Satin, The Trip, The Ride. And oh, wow. uh, I never got to ride it. It always looked like a really <laughs> cool thing. Uh, and this is in some ways maybe a visual, of, of, of a spiritual successor of it, where it is a slow-moving boat ride, not a drop or anything like that, Mm. but the water is the means of conveyance, Mm -hmm. and there's a, a lot of opportunities to just sit and watch. Not necessarily a story, but something that you leave satisfied from.
1: Yeah, the theme is relaxing, unwinding, unplugging, just enjoying the show.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think we have rounded out this area nicely where the slow-moving boat ride, that could have a pretty high capacity if we play our cards right. Uh, the same with the dark ride, too. So that goes nicely with an area that is semi-indoors, at least it's undercover, uh, so that provides people some refuge there in case of rain. Yeah, absolutely. What's the next area that we do, DJ? What, what, uh, what needs are we looking to serve here?
1: So we have the entrance area. We have the sort of our dark ride relaxing area we got our water area i think really next is kids okay put put it in the back of the park um so that you got to walk all the way back there so you have to experience everything else it's like putting the milk in the back of the grocery store our kids areas in the back of the
0: park so is this a dairy themed kids area is that what you're trying to tell me (laughs)
1: No, I think it's something that might be the allure. The reason you come to the park is because of our our kids' area. I, I think it'd be great to have an IP here, even if we could. Maybe something that's not just some theme we come up with. I think something that's tied to something that kids really love. And I have a kid, and I want to know your opinion on this because – Okay. I'm su- I'm surprised no one's done this and I'm sure Disney's involvement with it already might be why. Where is the bluey themed kid
0: area? And that's the dog, right? Who owns that property?
1: The government of Australia.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> really?
1: Yes, but okay. somehow somehow Disney has the US streaming rights, but it is It is Australia and BBC Australia, and then there's a creative studio behind it.
0: Okay, well, I'm sure Disney would have the right of first refusal for theme park stuff. But outside of that, in this fantasy world that we're living in here, we create inspiration key at Myrtle Beach. Let's have a bluey area. Now, I'm going to have to take your lead here. If we make this a bluey themed area, What does that mean? Because this is gonna bring in an external IP here, so we're gonna have to flesh out this story a little more uh, to to create this land. Uh, So please, lead on.
1: Well, let me read you a description really quickly. Bluey is an Australian preschool animated television series that premiered on ABC Kids on the 1st of October 2018. The program was created by Joe Brum and is produced by Queensland-based company Ludo Studio. It was commissioned by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and the British Broadcasting Corporation with BBC Studios holding global distribution and merchandising rights. The show follows Bluey, an anthropomorphic six-year-old blue healer puppy who is characterized by her abundance of energy, imagination, and curiosity of the world. The young dog lives with her father, Bandit, mother, Chili, and younger sister, Bingo, who regularly joins Bluey on adventures as the pair embark on imaginative play together. Other characters featured each represent a different dog breed. Overarching themes include the focus on family, growing up, and Australian culture. The program was created and is produced in Queensland, it's Capital City, Brisbane, inspires the show's setting.
0: Now, Okay. More made, than I it, ever thought I'd know about Bluey. Go this, on. You have this more?
1: Show, this show has so much lore. Um, And I think why it's so popular and why I'm talking about it, parents love this show. Like there's something in it for everybody. It's almost the same phenomenon as SpongeBob where it's like you can watch any episode and you'll enjoy it. It doesn't matter who you are and what age you are. You'll love it. But what's so important in the description of this is imagination. So it does take place in Australia. It has a very specific art style, a very specific palette of colors. It would, it would work so well. Like it's, it's stupid how well it would work. It would work better than Peppa Pig Land. It would work better than pretty much anything except like Lego or some Disney IP. Like it's, it's just so good. But I'm looking at toys. Um, that's how I'm kind of starting this is what are some toys that exist and how do we theme things around that? So I think one thing that you do is um, (laughs) the family's wagon that they ride in. They have like a kind of a Jeep sort of thing, a four door car. Um, I think that could be an adventure because sometimes when Bluey and Bingo are riding in there with their parents, the ride becomes something completely different. Their imagination takes over and it becomes like a trek through the jungle But you're still in the jeep right oh so maybe there's some sort of wild simulating jeep sort of thing we can do um so maybe that could be one ride um
0: dj here i am i'm struck with inspiration you've shared this with me you've opened a a window into and to what the kids like these days, which is apparently Bluey, <laughs> I had known vaguely what the dog looks like. I knew it was a TV show. I had no idea it was so popular in this sense. So so here we are with uh, a Bluey's area. Why don't we call it Bluey's Playhouse? Would that make sense?
1: I think it's just called Australia.
0: We just call it oh, Australia. I, I,
1: uh, Bluey... I I don't know what the land would be called. That's what's difficult. Bluey's Playhouse, that wouldn't work.
0: Because you know, DJ, if we put Bluey in this park, people are going to identify this park as, hey, that's the Bluey theme park. What's all this other stuff here? But I think (laughs) that's not a bad thing. So we're going to have to do this land big and we're going to have to do it right.
1: We could just call it Bluey's Land.
0: Bluey's Bluey's Land.
1: Bluey's Park. I mean, it's going to be just like Harry Potter where you say Harry Potter World. Yeah. but But it does exist in Universal Studios.
0: Yeah. So I think we need a miniature flat ride suite, the tiniest rides where if you if you can walk, you're tall enough to ride this ride here. Yes. Um, all these small rotating rides that do their little thing. Uh, but let's add some dynamic rides for the whole family because I think that's what would give us a distinct competitive advantage uh, and put, uh, put us on the scale of the big operators is having things that the whole family can do together. And I think... So far, we've done a pretty good job of that with the giant ferris wheel that anybody could ride. Uh, The launch log flume, eh, maybe not everybody there. Maybe down the water area, we'll have the splash pad and the tipping bucket that everybody could experience together. Uh, In Zen Gardens, we'd have the dark ride that would be pretty accessible. Again, the slow moving boat ride, uh, that as well. For the kids area, why don't we add another miniature flume ride that would be something the whole family can ride together, but there is a bluey story in it of some sort where maybe it is that, jungle element where it starts out in a, a typical flume ride, and then Bluey and Bingo use their imagination, and they transform the entire surroundings of the flume. Maybe there's even an indoor section or so that creates something that really people seek out and and really want to ride multiple times.
1: I agree, and I think we can get creative with it because it's almost as if these parks that have these IPs the ride experience is like a standalone episode, like it's extra lore into the show. Because So you can really do this any way you want. The The main thing to pick out with this series is imagination. That's, that's the key. So anything that's imaginative and fun is going to work here.
0: Okay. Well, let's add a dog show too, because apparently <laughs> is the world that Bluey lives in, is everybody a dog?
1: Pretty much. Um, there's like this toy called the bilby which is like a different animal bilby
0: from jimmy neutron (laughs) that's bulby oh Um, my mistake
1: (laughs) it's like they it's like the if you know what flat stanley is yes um it's it's kind of like their version of that Uh, there are birds but like the only things that talk are dogs i'm pretty sure oh okay they're all just different breeds of dogs is like the entire show
0: I think it would be fun if there were something like animal actors on location at Universal, but it's just dogs. And maybe they Mm. have little fun quippy audio uh, over their tricks where they say bluey dialogue or whatever and then they do a trick, <laughs> I think that would be really fun to do and uh, to have a that dog show cool. is part of that. And they could tie it into like an adoption message too like uh, some of the bush parks have before where they've had uh, an animal show and then they said all these animals were rescued and if you go to your local shelter, yep. you can rescue a, a dog who could do something pretty cool too. Uh, and you so, think, oh Yeah. So that's, that's uh, how we're filling out this land there too. We got to do a jeep ride. Maybe it is
1: oh a treehouse for sure. Treehouse is integral. Oh, them. they a have tree a giant treehouse. Tree house a lot of imagination happens there. So that's just a gigantic. It's literally copy and paste. It's the treehouse and it's a gigantic play climbing structure.
0: Okay, so we'll have a treehouse play structure. And for a jeep ride, do we want this to be something that they drive, and maybe the parents have to drive if they're too young, or do we want this to be something that is uh, moving on its own not necessarily like Indiana Jones adventure but maybe something uh, where it's gently pulled through different scenes and jungle or whatever
1: I think that's the the perfect way to do it gently pulled and there might be times where you know the road's rough and the the, the tr- Jeep is gently articulating back and forth and this is okay. not intense motion simulator or anything but it, maybe there's a way to put the driver's seat, to make like a cab or so, or something that's like got screens on it, I don't know. And each character is like, "Oh, hi, I'm driving now." And no one's in the driver's seat, but you're sitting everywhere else.
0: Okay. I like the sound of that. Here we are. I think we have it here. We have filled out Bluey's Park as part of Inspiration Key at Myrtle Beach. The more I say it, the more it gets into the listener's yes. head and the more they adopt it as something that could actually happen. <laughs> I love it. Bluey Park. I think we need one or two other areas to finish out this park here. What do we do next that we haven't done yet? I think we need to to serve the the thrill seeker who needs some dry thrills, not necessarily a water ride, but I think we need more capacity in this park.
1: I keep thinking of a jungle theme in this um, park. I know we have kind of a jungle-themed bluey ride, but is there a full-on jungle area. Okay. I'm I'm not not sure like the culture of that area, like what would make sense, like a mining town would not make sense, for instance. What is that area known for? I've never been there.
0: Well, this is Myrtle Beach and this is South Carolina. So we are getting to the region where there were pirates back in the day in in what is now the U.S. So I think this... Could maybe be a, a pirate stronghold where. That would be awesome. If they come on land to trade and, and look for treasure, maybe this is the little hamlet where that happens. So uh, let's see. Pirate's Den. We'll just operating title, call it Pirate's
1: that. Pirate's Den, I think a, a, a cavern or a tavern that serves more than just beer, an actual tavern. Do you as want an to show in it? Yeah, there could be. I mean, maybe just like a. Small. I mean, maybe a small show, unless you're thinking differently. I'm thinking of just a place like, oh, this is where I get a mixed drink in the park. It's where all the thrill rides are.
0: Yeah. So speaking of thrill rides, what do you want?
1: And I was talking to my wife about this the other day, actually. You know on Cheetah Hunt where the second half, it dives down to where Rhino Rally was, and it goes left, right, left, right, left, right. Like something like that in Intamin... I know it's a Blitz coaster is the old term. I don't know if that's an outdated term. But something that might not necessarily break records or anything, but something that has a lot of those dynamic forces.
0: Let's just steal Velocicoaster. That's fine. Yeah. It'll be a latest generation Intamin multi-launch coaster from that from that uh, idea. Uh, but it'll similarly weave through rock work and, and greenery.
1: Well, it'd be cool to have centerpiece there, a giant pirate ship that's where you load in. Yeah. And I'm going to call it a cannonball or something, but maybe you're shot out of a cannon or something like that.
0: Okay. I like that. Now we have that, which is going to be uh, a good competitor for the dive coaster that we're going to have in the, the center of the park. But with this being a, a thrill area, what else do we want to add? I think we need a big f- flat ride, and I don't necessarily want to add a tower ride, because that is mm. something that could really affect sight lines.
1: Well, that's where I was first going, was like a walk the plank, one of those tower rides that pulls you backwards, and then... I don't know. Um, obviously, we're gonna have a swinging ship just to have it there.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: or is that is that too?
0: No, I think that works. Um, well, now... it's
1: also it's also like, is it too like? Okay, so Zamperla has a new product. It's called the Zeta Swing or Zeta Swing, giant swing ride, bigger than the SNS, terrifyingly terrifying stall at one hundred ninety six feet in the air. But that hurts your sidelines though, right?
0: If we hadn't added the big waves to Neptune's hold, I would have said that would have been a perfect walk the plank thing to add here. Yeah. But I kind of want to keep it in Neptune's hold. I I
1: do, too. I do, too. So swing's probably out. Um,
0: Do you want a scream and swing?
1: I just hate how loud they are. Is my only thing with those. They are so loud. But that's why I'm thinking...
0: Uh Grislauer (laughs) Skyroller?
1: Yeah, you can add that. Sure. Okay, thank you. I always (laughs) need that.
0: I need to add that to every part. Here we go.
1: Um, but does it make
0: sense? Yeah, it's an octopus. Oh, okay. So there.
1: (laughs) Or the Kraken. It's gonna be the Kraken. Okay,
0: the Kraken. That works better. Thank you. You you plus that up nicely. Okay, let's add your sky roller. Let's add a a medium coaster, not necessarily a bridge coaster here, but something that is not huge.
1: I think a GCI wooden coaster works very well here, themed to, like, rum barrels or something.
0: Rum barrel run.
1: Although that's going to be terrible with the salt in the air, but
0: oh well. There are wooden coasters in that area. They'll be fine. We have a, a great maintenance team. They'll be able to do what they need to do. It's going to be a great. Now, is this a GCI or wooden it, or coaster? Is it,
1: no, we can't do GCI. It's got to be Gravity Group because we just had Matt on the podcast. we got to give him some business.
0: Okay. Now, is this a wooden coaster with any new bells and whistles? Are we going to have an inversion in it? Are we going to have, uh, well, of course, it's going to be engineered pre-cut track, but... Uh, what if we
1: finally, and it's the Easter egg to all the enthusiasts out there. We have a shed element similar to Mystic Timbers, but it's finally a drop track. What we what we thought we might be getting with Mystic Timbers, it's the only drop track on a wooden roller coaster.
0: Okay, so no inversion? I mean, I'm
1: fine with an inversion. You said medium coaster, so when oh, you I hear medium right. coaster, I I lose inversion personally, but it doesn't have to be.
0: No, you're right. We, we got to stick to our guns here. Pirate joke.
1: Wouldn't that, be, that wouldn't that be kind of wacky, though? Like, what, what did you call it? Rum runner?
0: Rum barrel run. Maybe that's too wordy and too, too much mouth action when you say rum barrel run. Rum runner? That is, rum runner? is catchier. There we go. So, so that's why they the big ones. Rum runner.
1: Then <laughs> <laughs> you, f- you fly into a shed at the very end or wherever they keep the rum. I don't know. Why is yeah. the rum gone?
0: because of this gigantic
1: maybe not your gigantic drop section but we play on the what's in the shed it's like we don't really tell people like oh there's something crazy that happens and it's right at the end of the ride and so when people are getting off they're like wow those people look like they just encountered something crazy I heard a lot of screams in that area interesting
0: I think this park is coming together really nicely we sort of have five areas now do we need one more?
1: I think we are missing a family coaster somewhere.
0: Okay. And I want an Oceaneering Dark Ride because I just want one. (laughs) Because they're the coolest thing and I want one. So let's add one more area. Let's try to think what the concept would be. I
1: wonder if you could play into... um, Is it like a a state with a lot of diversity and, like, birds? Maybe. Like, because the family ride that comes to mind is the S&S, like... Not the axis, but the, t- the the swinging cars were the yeah the stork ride. We've only ever seen like one of them, like a large scale version of that. Maybe, but is there enough capacity in that? No, there's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then let's just add an axis coaster. Let's do
1: it. But that's that's fan. That's not family. I think a family ride. I think of something like like uh, an Arthur powered inverted coaster from Mock or. Um, I think of like an invader, um, Cobra's Curse.
0: This is inspiration key. What is something that inspires people, if not music? Is this a music-themed area of the park?
1: Ah, You're getting your Hard Rock Park back into this area.
0: See, I'm going to find a way to resurrect (laughs) Hard Rock Park, little by little.
1: (laughs) Well, I think there's something to be said there, because then you'll have maybe the people who've grown up going to Myrtle beach saying, Oh, this is just like hard rock park when I was growing up.
0: Yeah. The one so year it opened music, is hard rock park.
1: <laughs> music is such inspiration though. Yes. I like that idea. So do we call and it, it, it has more of a, a loose theme and the, the, it's something that European parks are very good at. A lot of their rides don't have just, here's a crazy animal and here's its name. It's like, Here's a ride about existential dread.
0: <laughs> yes, we call it Audiology something. I think. Audiology. Crescendo? Oh, that's better. Well, No, Crescendo is going to be a ride name. It has to be a ride name.
1: That's that's what I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you're, you're talking about the land itself? Yes. Audiology.
0: Um, uh, chromatica. Place. Chromatica Place?
1: That could just, work. Just Just Chromatica? Okay. Or, because that means colorful. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a Lady Gaga album.
0: <laughs> so we'll have Crescendo, and that will be a... That sounds like a big ride. Let's add one more big ride here.
1: Well, when I was thinking of Crescendo, I was thinking of like a powered, not a mine train, but like something that was powered like that, that would just take you through different scenes. You'd go outside, and then inside, like almost like our version of Manta at San Diego, SeaWorld San Diego. Okay. I like that. That's that's like the ultimate family ride, I feel like, is that ride.
0: Okay. A mock launch coaster named Crescendo. I like that. Now, if we were to call something, oh no.
1: Maybe, maybe Crescendo just explores different types of music. I don't know. Or maybe it's like, it's almost like a Coldplay album. That you are riding and experiencing. Maybe Coldplay. It's Crescendo with Coldplay.
0: (laughs) Featuring Coldplay. I like that. (laughs) If we were to call something Veloce. I'm pretty sure that's Italian for speed. I might be butchering this. I apologize if so. But if we have something called Veloce. uh, That's sort of where we get Veloce. Coaster Veloce. Um, What ride could we call that? Veloce, yeah.
1: What ride would Veloce be? I um, mean, it feels like it's got to be a big ride if it's a name like that.
0: Axis coaster.
1: Okay, do it. <laughs> okay,
0: well, first axis coaster in the, well in the world at this point. With that axis air launch,
1: coaster. they're so powerful.
0: Yeah, I, I think that works. We're going to have an axis coaster and a mock air. I mean, a mock launch coaster. Let's round it out with maybe one or two smaller rides and I think we'll call it a day. It's gonna be like the little, not the frog hopper ride, but one of those tiny spinning flat rides that uh, pops up as you go around. Yeah, Um, like a kangaroo. Yeah, but that's gonna be staccato. (laughs) And that's the kangaroo, perfect. Okay, and one more ride here. I want this to be another good flat Can we bring in a Himalaya? Sure. Why not? (laughs) But what do we call it? Oh, uh, what's a fermata? That's what it is.
1: Yes. Yeah, when you hold it, yeah.
0: Oh, unless fermata should be a ride with a lot of hang time. (laughs)
1: Mm, Yeah, but then what is that? I mean.
0: A screaming squirrel. Do you remember those, DJ?
1: The S coaster?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely not.
0: Yeah, we would. <laughs>
1: no, no, we can't do that. I'm th- that's like a maybe. A, I'm thinking of a paratrooper almost. That's so. That's so small.
0: Let's just say the Himalaya is Fermata. That's fine. <laughs> that works. We can retheme and, and retool a couple of years into operation after we've recouped of all all of our investment. Immediately, of course.
1: Yes, of course, because it's going to be sold out every day.
0: Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's going to work. It's not going to be 2008. So we're fine. We'll be close enough to the beach that we'll, uh, we'll really bring those people in. And uh, what I like is that though we've added a lot of rides here, we have also added a lot of entertainment touch points as well of varying degrees where there's going to be maybe a big water show as well near the entrance. But there's also going to be uh, in Zen Gardens opportunity for Streetmosphere and maybe even a a little bit of live music in that area. I think that'd be nice. And the kids' area in Bluey's Park will have the dog show, which I'm sure that will fill the house every single time. Uh, And the Pirate's Den will have the tavern that could have some uh, storylines or intrigue there as well. And then in Chromatica, of course, we're going to have some instrumental music there too.
1: And I think that area is just going to be so interactive.
0: Exactly. So, much, it's so gonna, many things to do. Touch they're going to have feeling. the piano floor from Big. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh,
0: yeah, we've got it. It's mm-hmm. got to be like that. So this is a, a park that will appeal to the whole family, of course. We'll have plenty of things that everyone can do, including a lot of things that uh, that everyone can do together. Uh, seasonal events, DJ. I don't know how far we could push this season for this park, especially this early on. Maybe we do some sort of fall-themed event, harvest at the beach, something like that. Uh, but I don't know if we could necessarily it's
1: super easy. I mean, just put Santa hats on everything and call it good.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. Mm-hmm. then we'll be open maybe March through the end of the year, a pretty long season. I like that.
1: And Halloween, too. I mean, I just feel like that's just almost just easy. Fourth of July, just put some flags everywhere. We'll make a reason to return.
0: Yeah. So I guess the last section here is resort extracurriculars. And we touched on that briefly at the beginning where we sort of filled out a shopping and entertainment district along the boardwalk. Uh, But we got to add a hotel of some sort. The trouble is... Do we add the hotel in the boardwalk? Is that sort of the second level of the boardwalk structure on the left?
1: I love that idea. And I love the, the reasons you stay there. You can wake up and you're right at the park, early entry into the park. Uh, maybe you get last ride on something. Yeah. Balcony rooms get their own viewing area of the water show out front. Maybe a skip the line on the boat ride into the park.
0: Yeah. Discounts I, at the shops below. I need to add one more thing, DJ. We gotta add a carousel. Yeah, we do. We don't have a carousel and we need one. Yeah. I'm gonna put it in the center area.
1: With the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Okay, because that's still going to be sort of the thematic transition to the boardwalk area. I think it could even work where people walk through the boardwalk area. There's different shops and games and restaurants that they can use before they even enter the park specifically. And it might be even at one point that they're just continuing through the boardwalk. And then there is a, a modern turnstile for them to use where it's not necessarily a a firm barrier as in now you're in inspiration key. I, I think that could work for us where you pass this point here, you scan your ticket and now you're in the park and you have all these rides to enjoy as well. Yeah. Okay. I think that works. Are we overlooking anything, DJ?
1: Um, I really don't think so. I mean, I think there's something here for everybody at this park. I mean, it will expand as the years go on as we do guest research, figure out what they're looking for and how their tastes are evolving and changing. I think this is a great place that we've
0: wound up. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if we really wanted to throw a wrench in our own works, we could say Chromatica was originally planned for the opening of the park, but it'll be part of phase two. And then it'll become mythological where there are people that make YouTube videos about, you know, they were going to add something called Chromatica to Inspiration <laughs> Key. They never built it, but it looked really cool. It Even always turns The, the, out the
1: like brand that. respect for it, yeah.
0: And then maybe eventually they do a version of that. (laughs) But I I like like this, DJ. I like Inspiration Mm -hmm. Key at Myrtle Beach. Let's run through it now. We'll walk through the park experience. And then let's call it a day as the 100th episode of Corkscrew Convos.
1: Right, Inspiration Key with its own parking garage structure. You enter into the boardwalk area. Uh, That's where we really open the park up to you. Um, It's not the beginning of the park necessarily. You can see in the distance at the other end of our man-made lake in between the boardwalk area and the entrance of the park itself. There's plenty of shopping experiences, dining experiences, um, plenty to do. Think of a city walk, but think of one that's newly constructed. Um, And to get to the park, you have two options. You can either take a concrete walkway on either side around the giant lake, or you can take the boat that we have it's a large boat there's many boats they're enclosed there's a experience inside of the boat that is audio visual experience it sets you up for the park then you arrive at the park you can see the ferris wheel from a distance the giant dive coaster the carousel now you're seeing it up close and now you've made your way to the gate of the park it's really become a circle layout in a way
0: yeah where we are now Transitioning from the boardwalk shopping and the entertainment district to this entrance area of the park, where it's still generally with the dressing of a boardwalk, but now you have this huge B&M dive coaster here that is just bringing people into the park. They see it from afar, and they say, what is that? I need to ride that. Get me to that right now. Uh, But there's also going to be a giant Ferris wheel, uh, which will be actually concentric. There won't be a a hub, an axle, with different spokes around it as well. It'll be a a slick, new-looking Ferris wheel as well. Uh, We're going to have a flying carousel to a chair swing a wave swing or whatever you call it another classic ride that could round out the boardwalk area pretty well and then of course you got to have a carousel so we're going to have that there too
1: and we didn't say this but i'm just going to add our dime coaster has some of those wooden fake support elements kind of like a disney california adventure with their own credit coaster where kind of looks like it's not really a steel coaster it gets that boardwalk vibe a little bit
0: Okay, sure, that works for me. After that, we go to Neptune's Hold where this is the water area. If you want to cool off with the water, this is where you go. Uh, We're gonna be spending some money with Zamperla here. We're buying a Big Waves. It's sort of an interactive drop slash splash ride, and there's a lot of different things going on, a lot of different ways that this ride could end. Uh, But I think uh, think that'll go nicely in Neptune's Hold. We're also gonna have a couple world records here, like the tallest, fastest, longest, launched log flume here where log flume has been around for more than 50, 60 years at this point. But here we go, we are doing something new with it. They had the first mover, which was SeaWorld San Antonio. We're gonna say thank you for pioneering that technology. It's time for us to use it and do something even bigger with it. And that's what we're gonna do with that log flume here.
1: Also, adding to that, not only just a log flume, but a Mac Power Splash, the Pulsar, if you will. Uh, this is a ride that will definitely um, attract thrill seekers, but maybe some 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 of those who aren't ready for the huge thrills yet, but definitely a way to cool off in the summer and a great way to spectate and get yourself cooled off as well, uh, just like with our big wave Z. Uh, not only that, a splash pad and tipping bucket uh, really caps off this area as a place that the whole family can enjoy, cool off, and who doesn't love a gigantic tipping bucket with a large bell that goes off before the bucket tips?
0: Exactly. This is something that... Uh, The kids can see the bucket's about to tip and they'll run under it and the parents will say, no, we're about to get in the car, but it's too late because they're already submerged. (laughs) Uh, That's why we build this.
1: And if you happen to be there when your child did that and you weren't ready to leave the park, you can cool off and cool down your anger at Zen Gardens, Um, not spelled Z-E-N, but French. Uh, This is an area that's covered, has a covered walkway, and it's really a sort of tranquil take your time unplug get lost area Uh, we have a great restaurant all the centered around a gothic theme also with some interesting dark rides here one is a slow boat ride that focuses on city lights just lights and general lights in rural areas uh, in the cities of the world's different landscapes uh, you focus on that and a dark ride that's gesture-based, meaning a ride that takes you through almost a mansion experience where you're trying to solve the mystery of what happened to the owner of this mansion. Uh, where where did they go? What were they learning about? And say a bookcase should open where you're going to wave your hand and that will open the bookcase. Say you need to grab a candelabra, you're going to reach your hand out to grab it. Uh, and that will be really a first of its kind, at least in this region.
0: Yeah, to have that variable uh, interactivity with the gestures there. Uh, when the one time I rode Ninjago at Legoland, I could not figure out how to do it well. And it was frustrating because I was doing the thing and it wasn't working. So with this, we'll definitely have to be careful about how we suggest that people interact with it. Uh, Because it'll be unique that we're asking them to do multiple different gestures here. But I think that, I mean, just as you were talking through it, I said, what if we had some intelligent lighting that would go on different show scenes and it would sort of preview what you're supposed to do? Like it would pan over an item and then, oh, I'll do that. I'll mimic that. Uh, I think that's something that we could do there to, to really build out that dark ride there as something that hasn't been done before.
1: And then to really, maybe not lose originality, but let's bring in a familiar brand, something that people can relate to. Our kids' area is themed to the popular preschool show, Bluey. We call it Bluey's Park. And it's really just Australia, but at the end of the day, it's different adventures that Bluey and Bingo set out on using their imagination. We have a miniature a flat ride suite. We also have a Jeep ride, which is great, that really mimics um, their experience driving in the Jeep around town, but their imagination takes hold and different things happen. We have a dog Excuse me. We have a dog show, a real dog show with different quips from the show, lines written just for this, I should say, and along with a miniature log flume, something with no drops necessarily, just something to to enjoy the, the day and, and cool off, and end it all with a treehouse play structure, a giant play structure mimicked after the Healers family um, treehouse in their backyard. Plenty of things to jump on, climb on, explore, and just a time for parents to sit on a bench as their kids enjoy.
0: Yeah, Bluey's Park is going to be essentially what butters our bread in terms of bringing people to this park. Uh, this is what the uh, the USA Today article is going to be about. They say they're opening the world's first Bluey theme park in Myrtle Beach, even though it's <laughs> one section of what we're doing. But, of course, that's uh, fine if it gets the job done. Uh, if it brings the people in, so be it. They'll come for Bluey and then they'll see everything else that we have here, too
1: right. And for all your thrills, well, you've reached the Pirates Den just right across from Bluey's Park. We have a tavern as an anchor center with its own show, we might add, um, but that really centers everything else. It's a place to get mixed drink, but right across the, the area there, there's a swinging ship. We have to have it. It's a pirate area, but we have uh, two different... Uh, roller coasters that really set this area off an intense Velocicoaster style ride themed to pirate ship. Uh, maybe you're a cannonball. We don't know yet. We didn't get that far, but something along those lines, a gravity group, wooden roller coaster called rum runner with a show scene at the end. And the uh, world's only wooden roller coaster that had a drop track. And we managed to fit a sky roller in because this is corkscrew combos. We yeah. are sponsored by the Grinchlauer Skyroller. roller. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but it is <laughs> Kraken themed. It was going to be octopus themed. And then I reminded Chris that it needs to be pirate adjacent. So we went with Kraken.
0: Yeah, that, that comes together really nicely. <laughs> so we'll have the Pirate STEM too. And we'll close out with Chromatica, which is, in some ways, again, a spiritual successor for what Hard Rock Park was. It was music themed, but it was all about the brand and the licensing of what these different bands were. This is gonna be a little more experimental, uh, where this is a celebration and an exploration. Of what it is to make music because music is in many ways inspiration and back and forth and so on. So we're going to have Crescendo, a mock launch coaster, which is going to be With pretty Coldplay. tame
1: featuring Coldplay.
0: Featuring Coldplay. So we'll get some of those bands in there too. We'll do the thing. Uh, but then we'll also have Veloce, which is going to be an access coaster. Uh, yes, it's going to launch because it's it's gotta. Well we'll have we have many launches here, DJ. I just realized that. Uh, but we'll have Veloce. The
1: electric bill's going to be very high.
0: <laughs> it's fine. We'll have hydroelectric water on the power on the beach. We'll be fine. Uh, so we'll have uh, Veloce there. Uh, then we'll have staccato, which will be a kangaroo. And maybe we'll even put a, a little uh, trigger along the track that puts a little dot, dot sound when it goes around. The operators will hate it, but that will be part of the experience in there too. And we'll close out with a, a classic Himalaya ride going around in a circle that we'll call fermata because it's sort of eternal and never ending in that sense. That
1: really puts a bow on our park. We want to also uh, just quickly talk about our extracurriculars, a boardwalk hotel. Um, that is in the boardwalk section at the front of the park. It's above all of the shops and restaurants. That allows you uh, early access to the park. It's as close as you can get to the park, literally, um, without staying somewhere else. And it really gives you uh, a, your own viewing of the water show that is on the entrance side of the park. So that's pretty much it. Is there going to be a Halloween event, maybe? Is there going to be Christmas? Who knows? It'll be pretty easy to do it here. The park's open March through December. I like this park, DJ. I want to go. I do, too. Your challenge now, Chris, create it and plan it Coaster.
0: Oh, okay. Here we go. Imagination Key at Myrtle Beach. That'll be the full name. Imagination (laughs) Key at Myrtle Beach. We have to... We have to chain this Stick park with it. Stick with to it. <laughs> Myrtle Beach uh, to, uh, to identify that. So I think this has come along really nicely. This has been a really fun way to celebrate 100 episodes of Corkscrew Convos because we've had Planet Parks before. They've always been rooted in what has been before. And now here we are doing something entirely new. And who knows what the next 100 episodes will hold for Corkscrew Convos for both of us and for the dear listener.
1: And if it took you 100 episodes, dear listener, to get more comfortable with us, so be it. Maybe now is the time that you send your questions to us. Let's have a Corkscrew conversation with you 100 episodes later. There's a variety of ways to get in touch with us. Email CorkscrewConvos at gmail.com. But we're also on all the major social media platforms, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, even Twitter, at CorkscrewConvos. There's a reason to follow the show on each of these platforms. It's completely free. It's a way to interact with us. Send us a question. Make a comment.
0: Speaking of questions, speaking of questions, Luke sent in a great one just the other day and some feedback as well, which really did help us too. Luke said that he enjoyed... The taste testing, when, we, when I think we taste tested Starry and then it turns out it was just Sierra Mist, and earlier on we taste tested a, a new chocolate bar from Hershey. Uh, we wanted to hear some more of that too. So I think that's a, definitely a great opportunity to us. When I go to the grocery store t- tomorrow morning, I'm going to keep an eye out for something weird okay. and new. Shout out to Luke. Exactly. Shout out to Luke. You you leave a question like this, you get a shout out. It's a simple, a simple bargain here. But uh, this has been really fun, DJ. I'm really glad that we have reached 100 episodes. This has been a great way to mark the occasion. About two and a half years in, I think that was a, a great way for us to celebrate. And I am celebrating, DJ, because I am incredibly grateful uh, that you have been a part of this with me and that we have done this together. It's been a great pleasure to do this with you.
1: Same to you, Chris. This has been really an adventure, something I didn't think that we would get this far. I think episode five was a proof of concept. So was episode 10, even 20. But once it got to 50, I was like, oh, this is a real thing we're doing. So happy to be along with the journey with you, Chris. And the same with you, dear listener. If you've stuck around since episode one, 10, 20, 50, 80, 99, we're happy to have you
0: here. But until next time, my name is Chris... And my name is DJ. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. In fact, the 100th. Thanks for listening.